when the kids get acquainted with the internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Keith. Today we're discussing season three, episode 13 of Girl Meets World, entitled Girl Meets the Great Lady of New York. And Boy Meets World, season one, episode eight, entitled Teacher's Bet. Bet you can't some joke now that I didn't make. Oh boy. Keith is he a, really he's a kept treasure. The, he kept that in. So, but Dan won't. I might. You never know. <laughs> so, guys out there, so we mentioned Boy Meets World season one episode and eight. Gals, if you haven't seen that episode, I I recommend you see it. If you, but you, you don't like need it in order to understand our podcast. I don't think. No, but, but um, it will definitely point to a lot of things that we're talking about in the mood differences between the two shows. Yeah, uh, I think that it's a great example. Of how you can handle a serious issue in a balanced way mm-hmm. without having to go crazy all over yeah. the place. And, uh, as opposed to this unbalanced way. I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say that it's definitely one of my favorite Boy Meets World episodes. And I think if you're going to watch Boy Meets World at all, you should definitely yeah. throw it's, this into the It's mix. certainly probably the highlight of season one, I in, think in my point. Everybody opinion. remembers this episode. Yeah. I, I would bet that. Yeah. You, that would be your teacher's bet. Yeah. yeah. I should have made that joke. All right. Caitlin. <laughs> Well, Keith and I over here did an 18-minute video discussing our initial reactions. So, That's Caitlin, not even initial anymore. It was so we initialized it. Do you know how long it took us to set up those lights? Oh, more than 18 minutes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, how, much, how long was it? A couple hours. Couple, yeah. What's that? So, <laughs> so Caitlin, we were balancing reflectors on things and angling different things. And, so, Caitlin, yeah, guys, what did you think of this great lady? So I guess I'll say my grade first, that I'm thinking, like, C plus, B minus. Mm-hmm. Boy, do you grade on a curve? Because that's going to ruin everything. <laughs> that's a boy means world, Reverend. <laughs> um, uh, this, this, episode, this episode was weird. I, I feel like they made some certain decisions that I don't really understand. I'll, I'll put it that way. The B plot, I think, just shouldn't have been there. Meaning the Augie plot. Yeah. There were only about 12 plots. So I don't, yeah, I don't know that that counts as a B plot. It's really hard to C? say. Because, An so, A plot for Augie. That doesn't confuse things. <laughs> <laughs> was, okay, the Augie plot line, I, just, I think it should have been completely cut out. Yeah. And they should have devoted more time to the characters. Smackle should have been in this episode. And... We'll get more into this, but it, I felt it was weird that they didn't say the words Holocaust or slavery mm-hmm. when talking about Farkle and Zay's stories. Yeah. Um, they approach culture in a weird way because they said that Riley has no culture. Mm. They didn't get into the fact that Pennsylvania was one of the original colonies and that, you know, the, they could have talked about wars that Riley's family could have been in. They could, there's just so much that, like, Riley actually could have had a story about. Yeah. And, and, and an easily accessible story. Mm. Like, compared to, like, you know, how Zay said, not everyone has a story, not everyone yeah. can find out their story. Well, if you're fifth generation America, like, you could actually very easily find out your story. Yeah, more easily, for sure. Yeah, and there actually could have been some interesting things there. Riley's family could have, like, worked on the railroad or, like, you know, been in the Civil War or anything, like, that had to do with the foundation of the country. And what it really comes down to, I think, is, is a weird thing. Is It's not necessarily about family history, even though it probably should have been, to be more to the point. It's about family history of nationality, not even quite ethnicity, mm. which is interesting. And it's, like, it's well, telling, I think. We talked about this a little bit on the video, how it's, like, there are so many cultures within America, and yeah. they could have easily let 
Zay and Lucas at least have that as part as half of their thing. Yeah. I just think that in general, it's it is that nationality thing. It's all about sort of the nation states yeah. that define the history, and not sort of the actual cultural history as much. Yeah, and I think that the the positive way of taking that is that they were trying to take the focus off of America for a change and yeah. say we're not talking about your American culture. We want to look beyond America and say, where did you come from? Not guess where are you now? And I, I saw Rowan saying pretty positive things about this episode and how she thought that it was promoting, you know, looking towards other cultures, mm-hmm. not being so cool. America-centric. Yeah, and I can see that. So I'm because you gave you didn't give like you didn't fail it. So what are the positive feelings that you have about the episode? I guess for one thing, and we don't usually say this because it really isn't enough, but that they did try. Yeah. And they try to do good. And they <laughs> dismissed. <laughs> yeah, and the podcast. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> Other than the Augie plot line, yeah. I didn't walk away from this episode necessarily angry, but I walked away having issues, but I didn't think that it deserved an F, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it's there. It had funny parts. We'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, the reason I'm asking is so... I actually would give it the same grade. I was thinking C plus B minus too. Okay. Um, because this is a tough one to grade because I mean I'm even thinking about like I gave around this grade for both Bear and Real World, but I think this one tackled it did more for positive talking about actual issues than either of those episodes did. But it also it's just those lofty goals we usually yeah talk it's about. like the goals are very high and I think that they they hit some of them to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I feel like there was too much going on, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it just sort of muddled the message, and they didn't get to have really focus on any of them enough. And maybe, like, did they focus on the right messages? They had a couple messages in there, yeah. and I don't know if they, like, I feel like they could have highlighted, um, for instance, like, Corey briefly brings up xenophobia, Yeah, and I, I kind of feel like that should have been the... Yeah, I mean, um, I think that that's, like... That's sort of at the core of the episode, but they just, it's... they It's cursory, in yeah, a way. Well, I mean, but I think that's, like, it's just the, what the, how they choose to highlight things. Because I think what their actual, the point of the episode ultimately is supposed to be... Diversity makes to, us stronger. It's a, no, it's important to know about your culture and, know about, and to understand other cultures. Because if you understand other yourself and other people, you're not going to have as many differences of opinion. And you'll accept other other opinions. And you're not going to be seeing people as the other. You're going to understand who they are. What's the episode where they talk about us and them in Girl Meets World? In Girl, oh, in Girl Meets World? Oh, that's the money. Yeah. 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 So the, I'm I'm yeah. just trying to remember because they've touched on this before. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that yeah, that makes sense. It's a little. I think it's a little bit of a different take on it. But yeah, but I'm just saying that. Let's like, not continue grading though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So I said I'm saying C plus B minus. I think that the Farkle thing is a positive thing that I understand why people would connect with it. I think Zay was strong in this episode. I agree with you. The ugly thing should have been totally cut. It really only detracted from the number of other stories we had going on. The, the Nigel thing I thought was strong. Mm. I agree with you. Smackle should have been in the episode. Oh, yeah. I want to say, though, that this is probably one of my favorite Zay episodes. Yeah. yeah. And, and Zay's getting a lot better this season. It, honestly, this is the, the season of Zay, which yeah. is good Weird. but odd. It's like, but it's like okay... <laughs> It's great that they're working towards that and making him better. Yeah. But at the same time, they didn't leave enough room on the plate for that. 
They need to do so many other things that the fact they have to backtrack and then fill we him in. We still don't know Lucas's background. I know. I mean, Lucas. We don't. Not even his ethnic background, Lucas which we didn't get into. Did in not episode. have his moment this I episode. Yeah, he, <laughs> Lucas has never had his moment. Okay, and we don't know his family at all. We don't really we know Pappy Go. You're right. That's yeah. that's enough. I don't want to meet the rest. You're right. I'm just Keep saying, it. at all, is factually inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> jerks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that this is one of those episodes, especially because they didn't even have Smackle in it, which they probably should have for this topic. That it's one of those episodes that really shows the difficulties of a six-person dynamic, especially when you're going to bring in Anki and his friends and oh, and Nigel, and it's. If you, you know, it's, there's a reason that they waited on Boy Meets World to build up to an ensemble cast, because by the time you got there, you weren't asking, you know, if Sean didn't say that much in an episode, you weren't going, what does Sean think about this? Because you knew what Sean thought. Because you know, you know like, what his character yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, you're not just sort of left being like, this person's being underserved, because mm-hmm. you had brought, you'd, you'd earned it, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we had had, you know, a half a season of just Riley and Maya... And then, like, most of season two was about introducing Farkle or, or, like, bringing Farkle and Lucas more into the focus. And then you brought in Zay and Smackle in season three. I don't know. It's yep. it's a lot. Um, what did you think? So, I, I'm having trouble like I have been. Yep. I'm going to try really hard to give a value because I probably have not for the last, like, five episodes. <laughs> uh, I'm probably, like, C-. minus. Yeah. Because I thought there was a lot of pieces in here that were trending towards good. Mm. But in general, I think this, like many others before, uh, fell into the costume of the idea versus the idea territory. But in a way that's a little bit better than previously, I think. Because some of the things hit home more than others and some of them had a lot more promise than others. For instance, I think the Nigel thing was very efficient and good. Um, that was a, a piece of the clutter that I thought should be kept. Part of the clutter bucket. Yeah. Yep. No. But I think that some of the stuff with um, with Riley's like lack of identity mm. would would have been great expanded. I just think the resolution of that was terrible. Mm. I think the first half of that was great. It was you know relatable. There was so much happening there. There's so much potential. Yeah. And even if it wasn't I wasn't about that, I just did not like the resolution at all. It was really lazy, and I just kind of didn't understand the whole field trip and what was accomplished there. Yeah, they did not need to be in the hallway. It made her seem kind of crazy, but there honestly. Were great ideas in there. So then yeah. there's the whole Farkle thing. Yeah, but she could have done that in the classroom. No, I know. I'm not <laughs> arguing. I'm, there's a lot more. Kind of, I think they should have just done something else, you know. Yeah. yeah. The whole Farkle thing, obviously, is sort of like the crux of it all. Mm-hmm. And we talked about a little bit like, okay, uh, his character might have reacted a little bit differently or he might have had, the, be, if he was a part of an aggressor in his history, it might have been a little better. But in, in all said and done, I think it was good, mm. and it was a good thing to do. I just think that it's so unfortunate that we had all the leading up to it, all these sort of like sideways glances and he's quiet. We only needed a few of those, and the fact that we only got a less than two minute scene of the actual meat of it is disappointing, not quite disastrous, but like... It's underwhelming. They don't, they don't say the word Holocaust, you know. I don't think they say the word Nazi... No, I don't believe they do. They don't. Yeah. You know, and, and so just like with Zay, even though the Zay was great, it was a very efficient. As it was a great, like, Zay was very fleshed out in this episode, even though he wasn't a major player, because the Zay thing was efficient and, you know, well-balanced. I think even, even though they didn't say slavery, though I think with Zay, that can obviously be its own episode when they get to that, mm-hmm. uh, this room on the platter for that, where I don't think there's room on the platter for Farkle, unfortunately, for another episode about the Holocaust. 
Yeah, I mean, I still think that this Zay thing should have been given. I don't quite agree with you that it got as much as it deserved. No, it should have got more, yeah. but I'm saying that it was... It felt more complete for yeah. being abbreviated compared to the Fargo thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that... I don't know, there was so much going on. It is messy, but just that little bit more time with getting rid of the Augie stuff. Yeah. I mean, we always say this. I just don't well, know. Well, and it's also, it's not just getting rid of the Augie stuff, because I liked Augie in uh, Real World. I didn't even really, mi- like, I didn't mind his stuff in Bear. We're not talking it's, about Augie, no, but I'm, I'm trying to explain. Ensemble. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm saying a, an Augie, a kid plot like that, doesn't have to be really bad. This one was particularly well, poorly written. And it was it really only detracted from the episode to me. I I do want to talk as you were talking about Zay and Farkle, and I I think you know we had talked in our video we did on YouTube about how how much more interesting it would have been to us if Farkle had descended from Nazis yeah. and had to deal with that feeling of regret it's and a cultural shame, shame yeah. and embarrassment. And I think it would have been interesting if they. If they sort of made this very focused on Zay and Farkle, Zay is the tragedy, Farkle is the aggressor, yeah. and you have it be that like this is the end of the dictator joke definitively. Yeah. Farkle realizes how much that's not okay, and and he's been the aggressor in other ways as yeah. well. You know, pushing himself on the girls and on the classroom, yeah. and so it's like the kind of thing where he can really look inside himself and just sort of yeah. think about things that he's done, even though they're classroom yeah. things, and just like. I, he needs to be humbled is the biggest yeah. thing. Is he's mm. not been humbled enough. And I think that... Uh, so the very basic, like, Corey-esque thing that I feel like you could have come from, that that thing of Zay and, and Farkle being very opposites there, is you could say something like, where we come from doesn't have to define who we are, but it's still important to look back so we don't make the same mistakes as our forefathers. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what you leave Fargo with, is it doesn't have to define you. It can define you for other people if they want to look that way. But but it's still even if it's not going to define you, you still have to remember it and you still have to learn from it. And I don't really feel like we quite got to that point. That's almost its own episode, yeah. I think. That, which is would be a cool episode, you know. I mean, I don't know that it is that different because what is the if you're not going to look back and learn from your history or or realize that it doesn't have to define you, then what is the point of looking back? Well, it's just such. A, yeah. I, I'm not saying it. I mean, it's so different a takeaway from the episode, which is. What was it? Being alive is all about feeling a part of something, and being a part of something yeah. is being connected to your history, which is fine. But they talk about, you know, so diversity is good for the country. They talk about, um, you know, briefly touching about like xenophobia and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And then there's, you know, getting in touch with your own roots. Your family history is important to know where you come from. And now they're talking about, you know, I don't know, like knowing about the past because the, the repeating, but like that's not. A big part. Yeah, they of don't this. really talk about why you it's need more, to learn It's more. It's more about past. melting pot. It's, yeah, it's more about melting pot, and then, in in a way, it's not about that. Even though that's sort of like the title, mm. and like, and then the end ish. Uh, it's the it's, Riley end anyway. Yeah, right? it's just not. I know it's a mixed takeaway. It's well, so, so here's the thing I think is interesting about this episode is that we we have talked in the past about how if you have a big topic. Don't just give us one answer. Don't just give us one thing. You know, kind of explore the different facets of a topic. Yeah. So this this is Cultural Week, and we're exploring the different facets of it. We have Nigel. We have, you know, like, like you said in the video, Maya is learning to uh, appreciate her culture. Riley is dealing with, I don't have any culture. Farkle's, Sparkle and Zay are dealing with the tragedies of their culture and how that connects to them in the here and now. 
and that I feel you like it all sounds great. Yeah. It all sounds great. Yeah, and so I feel like in the like that that that's there's a lot of good ideas there, yeah. and I think that. I honestly, I even think coming at it from multiple points of view is good. It was just like the too, too many, because it meant that nothing really got fleshed out as much as it could. And And when you're touching on these ideas that are so big and could be so good, getting halfway there kind of hurts. Especially when you throw in something like... Was it Raffi? Yeah, Raffi, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like Augie's plot line. Yeah. And distract, like, not only are we now getting distracted, we're getting distracted with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he honestly seemed the equivalent of, like, Maya throwing the potatoes. He was, like, this sort of, like, artful, dodgery kind of character who just, I don't know if that was just the actor or what, and just who was related to a Cuban baseball player, and it's all about opportunities in America. I mean, that is costume of the idea and a half. That's so... Costume of the idea and a half. That's so, like, <laughs> vapid, you know? That's so, yeah. like, feel good, but, like, not. I'm not even going to work on this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, before we get into, like, going chronologically through the episode, I did want to have a little talk with you guys, because this is an episode, like, an idea that I think is really interesting, and that I feel like is something that I, as a 25-year-old, am still trying to grasp and learn. so old, man. (laughs) You are really old. (laughs) But what I mean by that is old compared to the target audience, and I, I think it's something that I'm still trying to grasp and learn, and I wish... That, what specifically? Uh, I'm going to get that. I mean, I guess I I wish that they had been able to to get me to understand because I yeah. I think that the a big thrust of this episode is heritage is important and understanding your heritage is important and if you're not doing it, you're being sort of vapid and empty. Yeah. And so like I have this little paragraph I'm going to read and then I want to hear your thoughts. Um, I said, why does heritage matter? Why is it important that I know that I know about my great grandparents' Italian culture? I have no idea where my last name came from. Did it used to be more Italian? I don't know. Why should I care? I don't have a connection to my culture. I the culture that I identify with is Massachusetts and Boston, and I don't really know what I get from that. And I I think the mo- the I I mean I'm pretty cynical about this. I'll admit it. As I feel like a lot of oh, you have to know your culture, you know your past, is is a futile attempt for people to become immortal ha- by having stories told about them after they're gone. Yeah. It is and, a weird shame tactic in that sense that you, you have to know your past to be sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, to be sure of what? It is a shame tactic to say if you're not... If you don't connect with your own past, you're shaming your past mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, yeah, and it's... Here's the thing. I'm not... I don't... I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that history isn't important. Like, I think it's important that I know about, you know, the Holocaust. And I know about slavery. And I know about how we treated the Native Americans. But why does my personal family history have to matter? I don't understand I think that. it also kind of touches on a spiritual thing, too. Yeah. And what I mean by that is... I think some people would view the idea of, like, quote-unquote, the blood of this person is running through me. Yeah. Um, and having that connection and can feel them and their spirit. Some people feel that way. Yeah. And some don't. Some don't have that spiritual connection. And if they think, you know, I've never met them, which is what I think you're getting at. Yeah. Then what does it matter? Yeah. So I think that, like... That kind of thing can be very core to someone, just yeah. uh, what how they feel connected to their family, to people, to the world around them, mm-hmm. very differently, and therefore you're always going to have very different approaches yeah. to this. Because I and I think in that sense, it doesn't really the question of does it matter or not. To, 
isn't an issue. It doesn't matter to you. Well, that, that's the thing is I, I don't begrudge anyone who do who does feel super connected to their past or who, who does think it's very important to them. I just am, I have always felt weird and out of it that I don't care. And like, am I doing something wrong by yeah. not caring? Like, I you know, think like, it's, mm. it, it's more important for somebody who is part of a culture or descends from part of a culture that is like at risk for being whitewashed for, for lack yeah, of better. Yeah. It's, it's like if cultures are disappearing or being shamed into for not being white American and like normal or whatever it is, yeah. you know, by cultural standards, then it's like, so you have to hold on to it. You have to take an extra step to find out, hold on to it. So it doesn't disappear from history. Yeah. And that I think is part of the stance that feeds that, you know, yeah. that idealism. But I think that, I would agree with a lot of points you have, maybe for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without sounding too psychotic, I think <laughs> it does have a lot to do with nationalism versus, you know, cultural heritage. Mm. Because when you say you come from a country, you identify with a country, or just a group, you know, when you, when you try to be proud yeah. about something that you are, a certain amount of that has to do with other things being not as good. Yeah. And honestly, yes, there's always the balance, but, like, it can be so problematic when somebody super identifies with something to the point that they are over-adjusting. I mean, somebody identifying with whatever their family history and being proud of it can turn into the same thing with somebody being overly proud of being American yeah. and just being an asshole. Yeah. You know, and I just, I'm not but saying it's always the case. But I don't case. think it's inherently, like, like how you said, this comes from other things not being as good. Like, it doesn't have at, to be that. But there's a dangerous so ever prevalent it's it's the us and themism it's it's always okay but i think someone can definitely like i i am proud of and i like celebrating my rich heritage but i also really like learning about these other cultures and yeah. i think they're really cool too right yeah i'm saying that there's i just think you need to acknowledge both exist yeah. well that's that's different though that learning about different cultures and being enjoying the globalism is different than what dan's saying is like needing to identify with your cultural past, mm-hmm. your, your own lineage. That's a little different because needing to identify with your own cultural lineage can... Go too far. Go, go too far, but just yeah. it has a weird... You go too far! <laughs> yeah. it, it has Never a forget. weird <laughs> um, attitude to it. I think it's like, like you say, it's like so... It's like, it's one of those weird things where like right now the mainstream media is celebratory of that yeah but that is the overcorrection yeah. and so it's like it's weird thing like we're here now and like the post that you know yeah. and so it's like where do we land yeah i think well, that's what it really comes down to you made me think of something so, so maybe the answer to my question why is it important for me to know my heritage is because if it's not impo- if my heritage isn't important to me and i can't understand that then maybe i can never really understand why other people's heritages heritage heritages are important to them and when I that lack of understanding can fuel, uh, maybe we can staple this down a yeah. little bit better by just actually getting <laughs> into this more personal. And I think, oh, okay, because we're a little too abstract can right I, now. Can I, I take, think. can I say one more thing? Yeah, I think also it, it can get into the territory of, and I don't know if, and again, I don't even know how much this matters of potentially your kids could care. Yeah, they could just have that kind of like spiritual connection I was talking yeah. about, or just even just plain interest. Yeah. Which maybe they won't be able to tap yeah. into if they don't have enough stories. Yeah. Well, like, and that's not a negative thing. Yeah. It's just like it's unfortunate if they do care. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to say so. One of the things I, I mentioned in a YouTube comment, it's it's like kind of rumored in my family. I don't know for sure, but we think that my great grandmother was raped, and that 
my grandfather is the, you know, he came from that rape. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I don't know all of my history, and that, that, you know, in some ways is seen as, like, a tragic part of my heritage, but, like, it doesn't affect me that that happened. Personally. Yeah, it affects me in that, like, rape is sad. But, like, it's not like I heard that and was like, my heritage, like, I, I just can't... You don't have an identity crisis. Yeah, I just can't, I, I can't identify with their, with your heritage, like, defining part of who you are. Like, right. it really doesn't matter to me. I would say that if you did feel bad about it, I wouldn't say it's unhealthy that yeah. you had a negative reaction, but I would say it is healthy that you didn't let that define you. Yeah. Okay, you wanted to get more specific. Well, I mean, uh, we talked about a little bit about getting into, like, what our backgrounds and are and what they mean to us. I think maybe now's a good time to skip ahead and do that to kind yeah. of level this out. Yeah. And so maybe I'll start. So, like, for me, the majority of my heritage is, you know, Irish on one side, Irish and Scottish on one side, and Italian and something from southern United States on the other side that I just don't know because this, the his, family history is not complete. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, the things that impact my life most is the Irish and Italian. That being said, neither of them impact me in such a way that I say, like, I would identify that as my... You know, like you said, like I, I identify as Massachusetts more than anything else. Yeah. And even then, I find myself as a person and as as an individual personality that I have, trying to not identify with any arbitrary thing because mm-hmm. I am like one of the things that I most hate about humanity. <laughs> it, like honestly, let's <laughs> have a list. Is, Top is, five like, reasons to hate humanity. It's arbitrary teams. You know, yeah. arbitrary. Like this is what I am. Yeah. And obviously, there is specifics that, that go into that. But like, I mean, it's not exactly arbitrary because it's based in based in your history. But it's but. based in like I happen to be. It's like it. I I know that, but yeah, like yeah. it's there's so much package that it, you know the baggage that comes with that. Mm. And so like for me, what I identify with is not you know, anything strongly. And, like, when I think about people in my family that do or people around my family that, like, identify strongly with, like, in particular, I think that Irish-American culture and, like, is almost loathsome to me because even though I'm more interested in, like, the Celtic things that come back before that and and I am interested in the folklore and and things like that, like you, Caitlin, mentioned, the folklore Mm. of Ireland. I do (laughs) want to point out here that we, like, as in the three of us, experience... Irish and Italian culture very differently from, like, a lot of the rest of the country because we're in this area. Yeah. Um, You know, like, I was talking to one of my friends from Europe, and she was like, it's so weird how how common it is to hear someone say that they're Irish and Italian. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you're never going to see that in Europe. Mm. Like, Yeah, well, yeah, because that mix. (laughs) (laughs) She, She was like... And like it, that, that's cool. It's all it's weird, but yeah. it's like it's cool that you see that here. That yeah. Something you'll like. I like. I know combinations of people that like you. It's so weird. Like that would never happen anywhere else than America. Like I know a little girl who is Punjabi, English, and Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Like all like literally like all over the world. Yeah. And so I mean like I don't know. Like not to sound super cliche. It's just it's yeah. cool. I would say yeah. me personally, I would be prouder of my capacity for cultural shame than any pride for any particular group like mm-hmm. i i'm so wary of those things and yeah okay but you also come from a like like do you feel that that people who are proud of their cambodian heritage are assholes no like, yeah, like I, I think that's important to like because that's that. like that's what i said before it's yeah. like if you are trying to protect this yeah it's, it's like defending but like i've also seen films about you know sudan and like 
all you know the, for the war there and people escaping and becoming refugees in the mm-hmm. diaspora from that. And it's like it's like this double sided thing. Like so, the older generation that escaped, yeah. you know, are trying to hold on to their heritage, mm-hmm. but and they hate the younger generation who are trying to become Americanized and just yeah. live their life. And so that like it's one of those things where like. Yes, your culture is rich, but then when you try to protect your culture when it's falling, you can do things that harm other people that are just trying to live. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of know what you're... Well, I I don't know firsthand, but I do have an example from a friend who experienced something kind of similar to what you were talking about, how she's Vietnamese and Cambodian too, I believe. And when she goes to Asian restaurants, usually, usually Vietnamese restaurants, and she's with her Asian friends... There's usually no problem. She gets really quick service. But when she takes her white friends, there's, like, this cultural thing where they're they're basically like, oh, she's whitewashing herself. Mm-hmm. And, like, like yes, it is something as small as going into a restaurant, but she notices a very big difference when she goes out with her family or her yeah. Asian friends in the service she receives versus when she goes out with her white or, you know, other non-Asian yeah. friends. Yeah. I mean, diversity is awesome, and learning about cultures is great. But I think that in the end... You have to realize that at the heart of what is a culture, I mean, culture is small, specific deviations from objective reality. Do you know what I mean? That's what makes a culture a culture, is all the things that you do that are imperfect, that you learned along the way to do the best that you can do, and that becomes part of your history, which is rich and interesting and amazing. But at the same time, you know, I'll I'll use the example of, like, my heritage again. is like, people who are identify with being Irish American are usually really racist mm. you know and I think it has well at least the, in your experience in my experience <laughs> yes. the people who like who are like who like are proud mm. of that are, are very racist and I, and I hate that and I think that it also what the hell was I going to say <laughs> I don't know <laughs> do you want to comment on any of your heritage you do know Dan or? well I, I think you should go because you haven't really okay. talked about yourself I've talked okay. about like the rape and stuff um Oh, well, I guess, like, I'll go down my little list. I, I'm, like, the normal way I say it, normal, <laughs> is six different kinds of white and Native American. <laughs> I'm Irish, Scottish, Welsh, French, English, and um, I identify with Canadian. Obviously, like, you know, being Native Canadian, like, you would just have to be a Native, like, from Native descent, mm-hmm. which is not where the Native American comes from in me. But my family came very early on to Canada and settled land there. I don't know, it, it, growing up, it was very important for me to know where I came from mm. and, like, to know that uh, my ga, my great-grandfather, came from Ireland. Mm. When he tried to get a job, uh, He that's why we my last name isn't O'Driscoll because he dropped the O. Um, it still sounded Irish, but he didn't want to lose everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he... He, he tried to say he wasn't Irish, but he had a thick Irish accent. And it was hard for him to get a job for a while. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, like, there is, like, a small town in Newfie where, like, apparently I'm, like, related to a lot of people there. And my dad's like, if you ever go there, don't, like, don't, you know, get too friendly with anyone. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I might bring him back. <laughs> no, just, like, well, this is before we started dating. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so, um, you know, we... We got this land in Canada because we fought for the Irish in the war against England. And it was, I'm, I'm really curious to learn more about, like, I'm told I'm black Irish, which often means that you have some Spanish in you. And I'm curious to know if, like, maybe that's possible if I do mm-hmm. or not. I've actually been really 
uh, into the idea of doing, like, that Ancestry.com thing. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, like... And when I was younger, we really embraced the Native American side of our culture. And my great-grandfather would talk about it. Um, and we would go to powwows in, like, New Hampshire and Vermont. And, like, we were, like, told by the Native Americans there, me and my mother, no, right. not my dad, they would ignore him because they came up to us and said that they could kind of tell in our bone structure. I don't know if that's true. It could be total bullshit. But, like, we were we were approached by some old, like, older people and, like, elders are highly respected so it was it was kind of cool to be told that like they could tell that we belonged there basically and we weren't just straight up white tourists like obviously we were like still like white people going here yeah but like we felt a connection yeah so yeah i think for me a lot of what what it comes down to is i just don't put a lot of stock in blood at all and that like like i have like cousins and stuff who i've seen a few like i see maybe once every three years or four years or something and, like, they live in Germany now, and I, like, if I hear something sad happen to them, I'm like, oh, that's too bad. Like, it doesn't really, like, they don't impact me. Like, they're, like, it, it's not that different than, like, if I hear something about, like, my mom's coworker who I've met a few times. Mm -hmm. It's, like, and I, I know that's very different for some people, but for me, it's, like, the people who, like, who have had an impact on my life, who I see, who I connect with... And who have been there for me, and that I've been there for them. You know, it's just you cultivate your yeah. own life. Yeah, exactly. It I, I, think I, think I think family is what you make it. And yeah, I think it's similar to how you were saying you identify with Massachusetts and Boston culture. Yeah. It all comes down to your community. Yeah. Your community is essentially like the biggest part of your yeah. identity and yeah. of your culture. Yeah. And it depends on who you made your community. Yeah. On that note, Maya is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so before I forget. <laughs> Um, about Maya, it's interesting that she said that she her family is from Galway, because that is actually where my last name exclusively derives from. Cool. Fun fact. Fun fact. Do you have any potatoes to throw at us? Uh, yeah. Let me go get them. All right. We don't have potatoes. Oh, we have mashed potatoes in the fridge. Please don't throw those. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We're scene starting, one. Scene one. I didn't really break this down by scene, but, you know, I guess chronological order. So Maya doesn't understand what the Statue of Liberty is. And also, it's unfortunate that not only did she not understand, the audience never got to learn. <laughs> well, <I laughs> for mean, anyone who didn't, well, for anyone who didn't know, I'm sure yeah. that there were there are, you know younger people who are watching this episode who don't know that we got the Statue of Liberty from France. And yeah, and well, also I'm like, why? It's aside from the fact that we got it from France, which they did mention offhandedly. Mm -hmm. They don't explain why the episode was titled this or what what. What connection? What she stands yeah, like for. what she stands for, and why that would have to do with like cultural differences, other than yeah. just that we have a French thing in America. <laughs> See, the thing is, like, what she stands for is does she even stand for what she stands for? Because I'm, I'm a little. I think she did at one point, and actually, I'm gonna um, just bring something up that I think is important since they didn't say it. So, okay. but the, the gift of, of the Statue of Liberty, I, I might be misremembering here. But I think it had to do with allegiance in a war. Was it 1812? Or was one of those wars, it was like a gift of like allegiance or like long-time allegiance. France, our, long, our oldest ally. Yeah, and so it really had nothing to do with diversity in America at all. Well, no, but the, what, no, 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 let me, what it that symbolizes and what it became. Right, that becomes pinned well, can on. I, can yeah. I read something about... Okay, I'm going to read the quote from the Statue of Liberty of essentially what she stands for. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. But I'm wondering, uh, maybe I don't know, 
Is that original? But it doesn't matter. At that point, it doesn't matter where it came from. Right? Isn't what it it's on become... her? Right, but it doesn't mean it's a plaque. Yeah, but either way, like it, that's what it represents now in, in current time yeah. and, and, for, and for quite but a if, while. If that is what it represents when's, now, but it has nothing to do with the chemical brand. When's Fievel from? The what? 20s? The 20s? That's what I it think, was? Yeah. Okay. Or something like that. Do you know what we're talking American about? American Tale. American Tale. No the Mouse. No. It's about it's about the story of Russians coming to America to escape, but then they see that there are still problems in America too. Mm, yeah, and so interesting. Well, my point is my point is that that is what it, and that actually would have been a great quote for Corey to bring up. The same way that they actually quote things in Teacher's Bet from Anne Frank and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's it. They don't really. I guess don't get into. They don't. Like, they didn't even talk about like that. People would come to the country. They'd immigrate to the country, and they'd see her, and that they would represent something to them as immigrants. Right. And you know, like that's or Americanizing your name as soon as you got to Ellis Island. Yeah. There, there's something to be said about like this episode confuses me in that there are certain things that I'm like, are you trying to be subtle, or are you just not getting into the specifics? And, you know, and if so, why? Yeah, because. Like, there is something we said about, like, oh, people know what the Statue of Liberty represents and won't have to spell it out for you, but the way that they talked about her in this episode just felt very odd, mm-hmm. and I, I, it's one of those instances where I wish, like, I hadn't heard that before, that poem. Oh, really? Yeah. And, oh, really? Yeah, I really haven't. So, like, I think that's a word, that sounded great. I think that's a really worthwhile thing. And actually, and actually I, it's been... <laughs> It's so topical. It's so relevant to what we're going through right now. Yeah. And we'll talk more about this, but one of my biggest issues with this episode is they didn't talk about modern day. They're like, oh, America is such a great place. And, like, I don't hate America, and I love America, and I think we're in a tough spot right now. And the reason that I'm so critical all the time is because I know it could be better, mm-hmm. basically. And we're going through a very bad time right now. With as far a, as immigration. Ra- immigration, racism, and xenophobia. Yeah. And that I, I've actually seen this quote tossed around a lot on yeah. social media and in the news. You know, some people are using it better, better than others, I'll yeah. say, <laughs> that using it for its original intent or not. Yeah. And I, well, that's, that's a really good point, is that I think that this show often hints at things rather than getting into specifics. And that I think that... You, like, you don't have to go as far as to be like, oh, Donald Trump hates immigration or something. Like, I'm not saying that, but like... But he does. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can talk about how even today, you know, like the one of the things that really worked about the Boy Meets World episode is that they, not only do they talk about past prejudice, but they bring it into the forefront of mm-hmm. this is still going on. Right, exactly. And it's still going on here in America. And that I think that that's important to be like, why do you need to learn this? Why do you need to learn this right now? Because it's still relevant. Like, why didn't they bring up the word slavery when we're still feeling the ramifications in this nation from slavery? Yeah. And in our laws and we and in our culture. And that's one of the things, like, if you're going to talk about how you this show needs to appeal to six-year-olds and so we have to have Ava and Augie being ridiculous, well, then it could also actually say the word slavery so they understand what you're talking about when you say they brought us over here. Yeah. You know, it's... There, there's worthwhile things, so I don't know. Shall we get into the actual episode more? Okay. <laughs> All right, so Kathy, you know, she she brought Liberty here. Hi, Kathy. So I just would like to comment, I just was, I'm reading about the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. So the actual statue 
had nothing to do with immigration. It was about freedom and yeah, it was yeah. about the Revolutionary War. But it was the actual poet, you know, Emma Lazarus, who wrote the New Colossus, which is quoted on the plaque, who then attributed those things to it. Mm. And then. And, put, when, and when was that? Uh, I think it said 1880 or something like that, or yeah. at the end of the 1800s. So that, sound, it, that sounds accurate so, because that's when a big immigration boom was soon, happening. Yeah, soon after it was completed, this was then attributed to it after the fact. So yeah. it, you could say that it does symbolize that, but it was not created to symbolize yeah. that. Yeah, well, so, I don't think that that matters. Well, I think it's worth noting. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then we hear that it's Cultural mm. Week and Nigel's grandma is celebrating Cambodia. Nigel. Nigel, he pops up. Apparently, he's been around forever, but I didn't know. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Nigel. Actually, I like Nigel. I like Nigel. And in general, it just if they even had extras talk once an episode <laughs> to just make it not weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I personally feel like I'm more torn on Nigel than you guys are because while I did like him and by both his performance and what his storyline represented, I felt like that would have meant a lot more if it was a character we actually knew and it was a character's grandmother we actually knew so you could actually bring in, you know... We don't know ex- any of our characters. Exactly. Expanding... Well, Except for Myers. Yeah, well, and Riley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically. That, that's the thing is, I, I feel like if you could have used it not only just as a chance to, you know, for the topic of the episode, but also as a chance to expand the background of a character... And to t- have, because then it would have more, more of an emotional resonance too. That it, this this ha- background is someone specific's background, which is why I I think I wish it had been something with Smackle potentially, mm. or you know potentially even Zay's grandmother. You know, it, I don't know. See where I am with that is that although I'd like to see Smackle, I just don't think that Smackle's character could have survived that interaction while being Smackle. I think they would have had to have changed the way that she speaks to make that work. I don't. I I kind of disagree because I think that it could be a a nice opportunity to have or have a more serious moment, and that she that she isn't just one note. Yeah. So I don't know, and especially when you you bring her in as like obviously she's on every episode of the season, but you're bringing her up as more important. She's Farkle's girlfriend. She's in most of the episodes ish, and she hasn't really had a moment of seriousness this yeah. season. I just think that Nigel's grandmother that scene was one of the high notes of the episode, mm. and everything around it was very um, efficient. The mm. setup and the delivery was efficient. We yeah. got it. It worked good. And then, like you said earlier about tackling from different sides, yeah. I think it worked. Yeah. So I, I think certainly it's don't have like an issue with I really Nigel did like Na- Nigel's uh, grandmother. Yeah. All right. Um, they talk about how America is unique because we come from exotic locales with fascinating traditions. Now, we talked about this a little bit in the video about how they're sort of setting America up as we're the normal ones, everybody right. else is weird. Right. Uh, to be cultural <laughs> is to be different, you know. Even though that America has all this culture, it's not even. It's probably a good thing they didn't go into that because it would have been too America's greedy. Yeah. But I think that it's worth noting that in America, when we think of, oh, what's your culture, it has to do with, oh, what makes you different? And it's sort of this sort of like at its best like an exoticism Mm -hmm. you know it's sort of like it's almost like fetishizing the different as an overcorrection yeah i mean i wouldn't say at its best i'd say it's worse that's what it is (laughs) no at its worst it's discrimination (laughs) but i certainly wouldn't say it's at its best uh i i think that there are people who legitimately want to celebrate the other cultures and learn about the other cultures and i think that is what they're going for here i just think that there is a certain it's a, it's a tough line to walk. I think that in any discussion about this, and particularly in 
public forums and public schools and things like that, yeah. it lacks the sort of control group methodology. I mean, I just think that like people don't understand that it's not like oh here in America the great melting pot like you said mm-hmm. they make too much of that sometimes. Well, that that there are other countries that are also melting right. pots. So it's like yeah. all these things make us great and these are all the different things that come together. Well, there's everything's everything is different. It's not like you're different from from us. Everybody's different. Yeah. You know, there's no center. There's no restart well, here. Well, I guess you would say that we're that America is norm the America is this is the stable normal group because it's taking place in America and everyone there understands American culture. Right. I just think yeah. that in, in general, like the philosophy of these things that I find so flawed is that kind of approach and that is sort of at the, the core of the things that make me weary of these. Yeah. Um, in middle school, what was the countries that you guys had for our cultural festival? I had Italy. You did Italy? Yeah. <laughs> what was yours, Keith? Do you know what I had? Uh, I had Mexico. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, did your mom make tacos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Mexican in the, in the slightest. It's just, I think we just, like, we, like, ran out of countries. Like, we didn't just, you couldn't just, like, pick because, like, like, everybody would have done Italy. You know what I mean? Mm. It was like you had a certain group of countries you had to, you had to pick. And, like, if I you think- didn't go first, like, you couldn't repeat. So, like, depending on, like, who signed up first, who, like... Yeah, I think I got Australia. Paper, you know, you only had... I don't really remember what I did, because I don't remember kangaroos. it well, unfortunately. Nah, dude. <laughs> Wombats. Deadly spiders in fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Riley is from Philly, and her tradition is cream cheese. I liked that joke. So it's all the about... great lady of cream cheese. <laughs> so it's all about sharing your heritage. Riley hears... Okay, so then we go to Riley hearing music Scene now. <laughs> Riley, he's hearing the world differently now that she's thinking about culture. What a I wish line. he had said it more sarcastically. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that would have been better. I just don't know. The, the problem with this... It was a bad line and bad moment in general. It made it seem like something poignant already happened to her. Yeah. For us, for us to believe that. But all she did was get a vague assignment. She got an assignment that culture exists. Now pay attention. <laughs> Actually, wait. Yeah, that reminds me, though, that... um. Corey says something like, Riley, you have an amazing story. It's about time you found out. I thought that was going to lead to a really important and poignant moment between her and Corey. Where Corey actually taught her what their about, history was. Yeah, the that one, didn't happen. The one assignment that he doesn't get involved in is the one that he should have. You know? Yeah, I, I thought maybe he was going to talk about like the average, like how... Um, Corey's upset yeah. when he's average. Better than the average Corey. And yeah. um, but his father's like, well, average means that I've put in a living for you, yeah. and that yeah. you're well off. And that's the kind of family history that affects you on a visceral level that makes sense in this context that they didn't. Well, it's also one of those things where I feel like what they were going for with Corey in this episode was more Feeny-like, as far as just like orchestrating something because you know the kid will get there on their own. Mm-hmm. It's just weirder when he is her father, and and like. Because where else is she going to get the story? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're on your own. Be free. Be independent. Well, literally what now? <laughs> so to- Where am I supposed to get this information? <laughs> so Topanga has a few nice things. She talks about how they're multi-generational Americans, and Aki's a rescue, so we'll never know where he's from. <laughs> I really liked that line. <laughs> That was great. Um, and she's making food for Augie's friend so that they can feel more comfortable in America. Uh, he's Rafi from Cuba. And so, okay, like, I like the idea of Topanga doing this. Yeah. But then, so then Rafi comes in and, I, I, you know, it's very hard to talk about this stuff with kid actors. And I, I don't, I'm not, again, trying to be mean or anything. I don't, the way he was directed... I watched this scene and I thought he was being sarcastic the first time I watched it. Because yeah. he was so, like... 
over the top about it. He seemed like a con artist of some yeah, sort. Yeah, he seemed like... He was he, overly polite. Yeah, well, I Which thought... actually is another stereotype sometimes hmm. about Latino boys. I didn't know that. There's a lot of weird, like, stereotype Mixing of stereotypes yeah. in this. Well, that's because... What I, what I was taking away from the scene the first time I watched it is... Oh, Topanga's making a mistake. Oh, yeah, over, yeah, well, overly polite to, like, women and older women, yeah. specifically. Well, I, I took it like he's, like, rolling his eyes. He's like, I'm American. You're, like, trying to <laughs> yeah. act like I'm Cuban and, like, making this Cuban food. Like, treat me like an American. For Like, I thought that's what he was going for. Oh, like, she like she heard his name and thought he was foreign? Yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that yeah. actually would have been interesting. Yeah, like, because like, he was just, he was so, like, over the top about it that I was like, he can't possibly be actually yeah. thankful. Like well, yeah, went... well, when he says the... When they're playing the music and he says, Hey, thanks, next time I'll play Yankee Doodle when yeah. you come over. Like, that makes sense, like what you're saying. Yeah. Because that was a sarcastic Yeah, the line. biggest thing is yeah. Rafi was the equivalent of Maya's cartoon leprechaun character that they called out, but they just didn't call it out. I guess. I don't know. I don't feel quite comfortable saying that, but if you feel that way... I, I, I Yeah, I'm... I'm kind of with Keith on this, especially when, like, you add in all these things of, like, Ava coming in. Marisol. Yeah, Yeah, the Marisol thing was not okay, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be too much, but it was also, like, just a joke. I I, I don't know. It was a weird situation, and I really don't think it added It's making his... The fact that we don't know so much about this character, he... They completely made him a stereotype and a little costume of himself. I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. I still thought it was sarcastic even when they brought up the Met player. Because I thought it was going to be like, oh, look, they're very Americanized, and you're treating him like he's this foreigner. Because that is the stereotype. He's the Cuban baseball player. Mm Mm-hmm. But I mean, but also playing an American baseball team, you're probably pretty Americanized. So that's what I that's what I thought they were hinting yeah, at here. Okay. Is they were conti- I thought they were continuing to hint at everybody's treating him like this exotic guy. He's just an American with an American family who lives. You know, like, yes, they're from Cuba, but like that doesn't mean. Speaking like, of Cuban baseball, do you know what's a great story? Is Old Man in the Sea. Okay. Hemingway. Riley has no story. Her family never left the house. They're not even cream cheese. They're American cheese. I loved her throwing American cheese. Yeah. I mean, that was a great scene that I think that I I forget who I told this to one of you one of the times we watched (laughs) the episodes is that, um, or maybe even I said it when we watched it together. Who knows? Oh, boy. uh, That Riley was sort of outshined by the madness of the episode. And I think that she did do... You said this the most recent time. (laughs) She did do a good job and she was very good at being Riley in this episode. You mean Rowan did a good Rowan, job. Yeah. Rowan, yeah. Rowan, Rowan did a good job being Riley in this episode. I just think that, I don't know, there's so much happening that like I couldn't make her the VIP like I usually want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I think this is a good point to start talking about Maya a little bit and how, while I think she had some standout moments and it was certainly funny a couple Maya different times. Maya was kind times, of annoying this but episode. But he was also, yeah, he was also a little too peppy like they were there were trying... so many moments not just maya i know that you guys specifically focused on maya but like mm. so many moments in this episode where the characters were breaking where the mm. actors were breaking yeah i guess so like obviously sabrina's great but it almost like they were trying to get her to act like riley and just be a little too smile like like the whole thing of her looking around with the goggles like with, like, with yeah. the hands as da, goggles da, 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 da. like that was like i understand why that would be funny but that felt very riley to me yeah. and it, it was also just 
Like, they were really, like, repeatedly playing up, like, cutesiness with her. Yeah, I think that she was trying very, very hard to be charming to the point that it was too obvious and it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I don't think all of it was bad. Like, I I like her thing about her, her presentation of being Irish and having the potatoes and the national soap and, like... Her being like, no, that would be stereotypical. Like, I thought that was good. Yeah, um, I mean, the beginning of that scene was better. Then it gets into this weird river dance thing. With she did Yogi. have this weird cutesy voice for a lot of the yeah, episode. Yeah, it didn't feel very, like, Maya. Now that you're pointing it yeah. out. Yeah, like, well, like I said, I mean, honestly, my takeaway with Maya, she was kind of annoying this episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to feel that way about the main characters. Yeah. Um, I already felt that way enough season one with Farkle. Keith, do you want to... Uh, delicately talk about how you feel about the river dance scene um there was some really weird there there was some really uh questionable decisions suggestive made made with with maya when she goes up to yogi puts the hat on his head tilted backwards and then kneels in front of him on the desk yeah on her knees wow you haven't you haven't even said what you're alluding towards and it sounds bad yeah i just like it would do nothing wrong if she just jumped up and started dancing away like crazy or even jumped on Corey's desk or whatever tell me like if she just jumped up and was like tapping away and they and obviously maybe it's because they didn't want her to fall and she had clogs they could have braced the desk in a different way and had a chair there so she had a step i I just think that it looked not what they wanted it to look like yeah it was weird and then I'll and what, uh, Yogi's like, please, do it, yes, do it. Well, what is a what is a reference to him, he's made before? It's a callback to him saying it to Darby, I think. Yeah. When she's like, I'm gonna, I forget what it was with Darby, but I'm pretty sure it was a Darby thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Yogi. Yogi's a player. Um, so then we have the Texas gang. Corey goes, "You're not from Texas." And I he liked, lived down the street from yeah, me. Yeah, I like the joke about he lived down the street from me. That was probably Lucas's finest moment in this episode where he didn't <laughs> really have anything to do. I, I do think the Texas thing is odd because I do think that is Lucas's heritage. Like, we don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is more recent. But the way I've, I've always heard it before is that he is multi-generational Texan and that Texas very much has a culture yeah. that isn't like all of America. It's a very yeah, specific Yeah, like, Texan. I can very firmly say that Boston is very different from Texas. Yeah, and so... The problem is the limitation set. So how do you identify your family history? So if I was in... My family was in Texas for, you know, 150 years, 200 years, whatever it is, you know... Do I? Do you get to say you're Texan? And, and then, like, before that, okay, what if they were in England for how long were they in England? Were they only there for 100 years, 200 years? Yeah. No, where the limit set. At a certain point, everything converges, you know? Also, <laughs> let's point out the weird, like, hypocrisy with him telling his own daughter, you're from Philly, and saying, like, uh, that's okay, that, that you're a multi-generational American, but... Lucas, you're not from Texas. Right. Oh, what? <laughs> you're right. He wasn't even born in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even actually I was realize in Philadelphia. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's still my favorite. Actually, do we know if she was born in New York or not? I assume she was born in New York. She was born in New York. Yeah. Though I feel like... She was born in New I feel York. like Sean might have referenced her birth. Like, in Home for the Holidays, Sean referenced her birth, and I think that it's supposed to be New York. Yeah, I just don't know if they yeah. gave a label to yeah, the Yeah, I think you're right, Dan. Yeah. Anywho, it's... Um, bagpipes, uh, they're Scottish, not, not Irish. I know, this is one of those cutesy things that I did like with her being like, potato, potato, and throwing the potato at Corey and him being the jerks. Like, I thought that no, was no, a nice No, no, that slip. was a good scene yeah. overall. Uh, I just think that carrying forward, she was just always smiling a little too hard. Yeah. 
Now, okay, so then Corey starts, like, actually saying some things that matter here, where he talks about people have always feared the other, anyone who isn't like you, uh, your first reaction there is always fear, uh, and, you know, the, why it's important to understand each other right. because of that. And so, like, that is good. And why it's important to understand yourself. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a really a, a good, solid point, which I think you are supposed to carry through to the end of the episode, but it's hard It would have helped be... when they brought it up again. Yeah, it would have helped to sort of... For a show that's always so in your face, that this is the time where they, they choose to be sort of weirdly vague and not tie it up in a nice bow. Well, it kind of reminds me of how um, Riley... What, what was the name of the episode? Where she sees the news, like, for the first that, time. That was real world. And they stay really vague about what she saw. Yeah. And, like... We all had our own different kind of idea of, like, what she saw in the news yeah. and, like, being weird moments to be weirdly vague. Yeah. Like, you know, say what it is. Yeah. Um, so, I like, so Riley goes, I'm Riley McKees, what could be worse than that? And then we start getting the hints of Fargo where he says, there are worse things than that, Riley. Which, okay, so this, that, I, I was, at this point in the episode, I was like, oh, interesting. Because, it, you know, being something as worse yeah. pointed to more to the aggressor thing as opposed to the well, victimization. I will say that, like, another reason why I was very confused is I thought Farkle was Jewish <laughs> before oh, yeah. this episode started. Because, I don't know, for some reason I had it in my head that we had learned Farkle was Jewish. I guess we didn't. Yeah. But I always thought Farkle was Jewish. So you thought it was obvious. So he was yeah, obvious. I thought I, I I weirdly thought it was obvious. I knew we were talking about the Holocaust the mm. entire time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember one way or the other if that's I mean, correct. I mean, I'm probably wrong at this point. Well, because like, no, we saw Home for the Holidays. It but. is funny. I feel like so. Me and Keith, when we were we watched it together the first time, and we assume we did assume it was the Holocaust. Yeah. We we assumed it was either Nazis or he was Jewish. I don't know why we randomly jumped to the because Holocaust. That, because, honestly, in scripting, that yeah. made the most sense to be poignant yeah, right And there. also, to, I think part of why I thought of it is because of Teacher's Bet. And how it was a similar yeah. idea. Did, I, did, did we learn that maybe, like, Minkist was here? No, I, for me, it was just that I was like, okay, if I was writing this, this is what I would do yeah. to make him sort of reflect on himself. Yeah, oh. I, I think that it's also... I, I thought that this, to me, I got excited when I heard this because it was also a potential really good moment for Riley, who, similar how Riley's always like, I have it the worst, and like, I don't even get to have fun and adventures, and then Maya's right. like, I actually have bad things going on. Yeah. Like, I was like, this could... How Riley romanticizes things and makes them about her. Yeah. It's and... unfortunate because I feel like this isn't a good season for Riley. Yeah. Oh. It's not a good season for Riley to be a dramatic, serious character. Mm. I will say she's been incredibly charming at points, yeah. Yeah. but also in- incredibly insane. And it's just like I feel like uh, a lot of the negative aspects of her character are coming out. Yeah, a lot even of the though a lot, a lot of positives are too. But... Well, the thing is, uh, I'm I'm struggling to feel how I feel about the end of this episode because so I guess like technically you could say by the end of the episode she realizes oh like cultures aren't just about being fun and there is a serious aspect here and I'm going to hug Farkle because I realize how hard it is. Obviously, I'm not saying I want it to be focused on her because obviously this yeah. is a Farkle moment. But it's, but she's it's the main but, character. <laughs> but yeah, but she's the main character and I think that like an actually interesting thing would be for her because like, I feel like the end of her arc 
is realizing I have all the cultures. I win. And and uh, oh, the, the, yeah. it feels like her her uh, moment hugging Farkle is just sort of ancillary. It's not about her learning anything as much as about her just comforting him. Right. And the weird and... thing is, is they've touched on cultural appropriation before. Weirdly, we, we didn't know they were going there at the time. Yeah. But in Girl Meets Popular, they did kind of touch on cultural yeah. appropriation. Weird that they didn't bring that up here, that, like, the importance of culture and, like, when you embrace someone else's culture, like, you know, there's lines. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, like, honestly, a very a different version of this episode could be that, like, halfway through, Farkle gets so, Farkle or Zay gets so sick of Riley acting this way and, and like, drops the bomb in the middle yeah. of how, you know, you're that being really cool. childish and, you know what, it's not just about fun to have this stuff and actually get mad at her and then her having to understand and go to her father and be like I don't understand like I screwed up and like having to drama yeah (laughs) (laughs) main character stuff yeah real quick um you said cultural appropriation yeah I just kind of want to comment on that briefly because it is interesting even though it wasn't a big part of this because when we talk about you know where you come from and like what identity means to you it would say like okay so she's wrong for dressing like a Harajuku girl because that's cultural appropriation, but she's not wrong if she goes and buys sushi for lunch. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to know, like, I think cultural appropriation is, like this cultural identity, such a weird, sensitive, and overcorrected topic that obviously it has effects in different ways, but, like, I think it is another example of, like, where the pride comes in and what the delineations are that are so muddy because... I I think the biggest thing is a lot of the issues with cultural appropriation is when you take something... And like, and you try to make it your own, even though it comes from another culture, and you don't give credit to that culture. Like, bring it into modern day. Like, there's a traditional black hairstyles are like quote unquote trending on social media and magazines and with celebrities yeah. that aren't black. Yeah. And those hairstyles, they not only do they mean something, but also black people have been so ridiculed for having those hairstyles and mm. been thought to be dirty and unprofessional and the fact that now it's now it's suddenly they're cool because white celebrities are wearing them but it wasn't cool when they were traditional in black yeah so that's one thing the harajuku girl thing she's just doing that to make herself cool and cute and nerdy but you don't talk about like the original japanese street fashion and what it means to have all those different but here's the problem with that is at a certain point you have to draw some lines or it doesn't mean anything because if I went and got that hairstyle, whatever, if I thought it was good and would look good on me, it doesn't matter what my dad did or whatever my grandfather did, because that's not me. Like like Dan was saying, like, I'm going to define Myself my own life. Me, yeah. So, like, it's not, I didn't do anything to anybody like that, you know? If I see something I like, this is... I think it's I, just, I'm like, we're not forward. there yet. Well, I, but, like, what, what is to be like, there? Like, I still have, like, I have friends who they wear their natural hair and it's they have afros and they uh, have big hair and they're still told at work that they look unprofessional. Yeah. They we're, we're still not there yet to we still don't appreciate the culture it comes from for us to steal it and ma- suddenly make it okay when we yeah, wear it. Yeah, but then why? But that's an outside thing. That's like an outside commentary like that has nothing to do with the individual making a decision though. Well, don't hate the player, don't hate the game, which I think is the main thing that we're talking about, which is 
think about what you're doing before you just do this. Yeah. If you're just doing it because you think it's you, you like it, that's one thing. If you see a celebrity doing it and you don't think about why are they doing that, where does that come but from? But make that, that about like, food. Make that about food. Yeah. It's absurd. Oh, you're just eating that sushi because you like it. You don't appreciate the culture. Well, yeah, well so what? Well, it's, it's sushi. So yeah. I, can, I can wear... You know, a yukata if I want, if I like it. Just like I can eat the sushi if I want, like if I like it. Well, but that, the thing that's... is, okay, like when you wear a yukata, it's kind of weird to just wear one on a random day. You suddenly you don't understand the context of that uh, of that clothing. If you wore it specifically, like to an event where you usually would. Well, it's like then... okay, matcha tea. If you like matcha tea and it tastes good to you, and you don't appreciate the, if you don't do an elaborate tea ceremony. You know, in a, in a shack outside in the woods, yeah, I, I was, it's the I same mean, thing. I was thinking when you were talking about the Harajuku girl, and you were talking about like, oh, you're just doing it because it, it makes you cute or you like it or whatever. How is that any different than like you liking anime or you liking sushi? Like, it's trendy. It's trendy to like sushi. But I think, like, all, but there is something important about like also studying and learning more about the things you like and why you like them and where they came from. Sure, but that has you can't. It's the same kind Which of I have shame. Done on those it's things. the same kind of shame where it's like. But most people haven't. It's, it's like the same. You might be unique. I mean, like, I'm not saying nobody has, but mo- I'm going to say most people who like sushi don't like research and hard, sushi. The Harajuku girl thing, what is a little different because it was it's new yeah. and trendy in street fashion, whereas it's not something that has, like, deep, deep cultural roots. Yeah. I don't know. Either, okay, I get where you're coming from, Keith, but I also... I really haven't done a lot of research on this subject. I don't feel comfortable making any definitive statements about things. I, I think, like, totally throwing the concept of cultural appropriation I'm not, out I'm the window. I'm just saying lines need to be It totally put. sounds like you are. That <laughs> cultural appropriation doesn't exist, and we can all do whatever we want. I think there's a difference between dressing up as, like, cowboys and Indians for Halloween is different than, like, Harujuka girl, you know? Because, and again, even that is all about the history of oppression. So it's, it's all cultural context about, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm offended because somebody before did bad things and I'm connecting you to that. Therefore, you can't do that. And that's, it's cult, it's just culture wars, you know? Well, okay, but would you have an issue with that with the N-word? Like, we didn't say the N-word as a, as a thing to attack, at least me and you haven't, to attack people. But we still shouldn't say it, even though people from the past... And we're not the people who use right, it badly. Right, it has to do with the current cultural climate of it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, you need to have the discussion about... Because I just think that, like, specifically, like, I think about the Harajuku girl thing. Yeah. I think about, like, anytime you, like, call out somebody for saying, like, oh, you're wearing that coat from this culture, you don't even understand it, you just think it looks cool... Apply that to food. Oh, you know, you just okay, went well, to the Indian restaurant. You just think it tastes good. Yeah. You know, like, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, okay, think of it this way. Like, we come from a town where the symbol for the um, the mascot, rather, is a red raider. Right. Racist? And yes, and that's turning well, into a cartoon. That's different. Turning a culture into a cartoon is different than wearing a jacket because you like it, even if it comes from a different culture. Yeah, because I think you could also apply it to music. If I, if, if I mean, you like K-pop, and I'm not. You probably do know a lot about K-pop, but plenty of people like K-pop and do not know about K-pop. And I don't think they're like bad cultural appropriators. They like the sound of K-pop and they listen. It's all about like it's, it's all about it's like oh, you didn't earn that, you know. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's like it's the it's the kind of like pride. Like when you are proud of something and you're overcorrecting, it becomes an us versus them. Like you don't deserve this. Because you didn't earn being connected to it in the past, or you were connected to something in the past somehow that makes you, uh, you know, 
have two steps backwards from being able to do this. Because, like, I'm attaching these things to you, like, I'm assuming somebody would attach to me at a different time. It's, it's a fence mechanism, you know? And I'm not saying it's an evil thing or a bad thing. It's just, it is a I wrong thing. I think the biggest thing. thing is just having some awareness yeah. of the world around you. Sure. You know, for instance, like I was talking about the hairstyles, like, like liking a hairstyle, but then, like, you also have to understand that, like, like if, a, if I went and I got a hairstyle that you would normally see in black culture, yeah. like, I, I think that there's, I wouldn't, but for someone who is going to, you need to understand, like, you have a lot of privilege to be able to walk down the street and go to work and you don't, you're, th- you're thought of cool, trendy, unique, and, like, Ed, like edgy and you're yeah. not being told you're unprofessional and dirty well how about this me and dan both have thick hair would you agree yeah yeah, yeah. we <laughs> could we could get something like that because it's functionally for thick curly hair and it would be functionally good and work and serve the purpose that originally served is that appropriation well i mean i literally could just grow up my hair and it would basically look like an afro yeah same here like yeah. when i had my hair um cut like was all kind of medium your hair does not look like an afro when you grow it out you had long hair for a while oh but what no when i didn't comb it do you want me to fish out my id my school id or my i literally had like a bob ross (laughs) oh bob ross yeah i don't know we're going down a well here guys i I do want to say that i'm open to people listening joining in on this conversation if they want to well that's the thing is i mean like what keith is saying like innately sounds right to me but i also know that there are a lot of very learned smart people who feel very differently and i don't really know their points of view and it's it's all about who's offended that's the problem it's like it's all about subjective feelings because of cultural history and how the way people identify i think that's what i'm getting back to it's like all i'm really saying is like i know that that sounds a little harsh but i'm just saying we need to open the discussion to try to arrive at something that really makes sense and isn't just all about these crazy subjective things. And obviously, people are were oppressed and there's all these bad baggage in the world. But, like, we have to, like, we have to get this neutrality, you know. We can't let, like Dan said, like, these things, like, that are defining you from the past. Like, like you said, like, blood doesn't mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. Well, if blood doesn't mean anything to you, you shouldn't be shamed for that, you know. Yeah. I think that it's an important discussion to open up because although it's obviously bad if somebody feels bad about something... If somebody else does something, they, they shouldn't necessarily feel bad about that thing because somebody else says they should, you know. Mm. You need to, you know, it, it's, it's a discussion. You need to, like, experiment and get it out there. I just, I don't like the idea of just saying this is wrong, you mm-hmm. know, without getting into it, yeah. actually. Man, it's really hard not to just sound super white privileged by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to... As a white person, it's very hard to argue that what I'm doing is not being like culture appropriate i can't i don't yeah. feel like i can be like no i'm not culturally appropriating because i'm just automatically wrong yeah you know and like yes that's not a very hard cross to bear in comparison yeah. to all things other people have to deal with but i'm just saying that that does make the discussion complicated mm-hmm. um anyway back to this culture isn't found in a souvenir shop i actually like that quote uh, and they talk you about how to find your culture to learn from each other otherwise we don't stand a chance Again, if they'd actually connected to what that means about don't stand a chance in our modern society, I think that would have been more interesting. So then we move on. We have the whole thing about the grandma's cookie again. Uh, with Zay talking to his grandmother about her heritage and then Riley coming in. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Uh, really nice continuation of that joke. Uh, and then the whole idea of the, the warring grandmas I thought was great. <laughs> the warring grandmas. 
Good title for a book. Yeah. Uh, you skipped over a little Danish referral. Well, I was trying to streamline this, but you were trying oh, well, to. <laughs> well, I, just the fact that he can't find his great grandfather's yeah. records, though, yeah. is, no, is less the joke and more what came out of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And that I do again. I think that this was a good idea with Farkle, but it felt like they hit that beat a few too many times before they got to the ending. And I, I think we got a, an email or something where someone mentioned that they made it more about the mystery than it was about the thing itself. And that we spend more time on what is going on than what's, we do you know, about... What's the twist? Yeah, you know? and that, that that seems to be their go-to, and it's just kind of a strange thing where, it, like, if we had spent an episode with him dealing with something as opposed to an episode with him secretly dealing with something, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just an odd choice. Not even secret. Like, uh, there's a difference between secretly dealing with something or dealing with something off camera. Yeah, there's a big difference there. <laughs> secretly dealing with something would be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Zay says he's from Africa. He says he's lucky to know where he's from. Not everybody does. Uh, and then again, he get references about how his family was brought from here to here. Yeah. I forget. What, I didn't write down the to countries. Jamaica. From Ghana to Jamaica yeah. and then to America. So again, referencing slavery without actually speaking about slavery, without getting into the mind, like how he feels about that or how that impacts him today. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's an... It, I, I like that they touched on it at all, but like we watched the Teacher's Bed episode and, for, and uh, Feeney starts out the whole class discussion saying, we're going to talk about slavery... And, and the Nazi Ameri- Germany. Yeah, slavery in the American South and Nazi Germany and the Jews. And it's like, why can't you just talk say, about these things? Say what it is that you're trying to talk about. Yeah, it seems odd. I will say, despite that criticism, which yeah. I share, I think that Zay was handled more artfully in that way because I think it was effective as a scene, and I think it was also efficient as a scene. Yeah. And for uh, an episode where everything was going on, yeah. I think that passes the test of being okay. Yeah. If this was an episode about Zay, yeah, yeah. and this that would have been lousy i guess the question then becomes should it have been though should it have been yeah should an episode about culture where we have the one black guy should that he have maybe taken more of the center stage yeah because so i guess that that's what it comes down to is yes i agree with you the zay thing as it is kind of works because it's not like they built it up built it up and then barely did anything with it farkle they built it up built it up it builds it up and we got this thing that was more than the zay thing but still given the amount of build up could have been more at least they it, they didn't build up the Zay thing, so it felt like, oh, this, is a, this isn't a side. It right. isn't a major thing. The Farkle thing just was not efficient, and even though it was pretty effective, it just it fell short of all the time they spent on yeah. it. I do like, so Riley goes, once I went to an IHOP and I had a hamburger. See, that, to me, is actually a really great Boy Meets World kind of joke. Yeah. I, I liked the joke, yeah. but I didn't like that we went from Zay talking about slavery to Riley being like, let's make it about me again. I'm from America, and then America, and then America, and well, she's see, so snide and upset about it, and I understand that like she wishes she had culture, yeah. but like Riley, yeah. make it about someone else for once. I used to really like Riley's character a lot more than I have yeah. been, and it's fresh because I still I like I I do still like her and I like Rowan Rowan's a great actress I just they're writing her really is this like, like a little snotly is this like kind of an innate issue with writing a story where the protagonist is white and rich and are surrounded by people who aren't and uh, you know like because the thing is that she is supposed to be the protagonist so it is supposed to be about her and that you know me and but her struggles about, just can't be struggles. Yeah. Well, well like, the thing is, is like the character, she could have made that moment about Zay, but then the camera would have been focused on her. 
Well, it's like we talked about, like, that maybe she could have been been bad at the beginning and then learned from Farkler's yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing, I, I I mean, we did, me and Keith talked about that we related to the setup of Riley's story. We related to the idea of we don't feel connected to a specific culture. We have all these, you know, all these other people who have these cultures and we feel like we're missing out on something. But bemoaning that surrounded by people talking about slavery, part of the problem, like, I didn't even really think about that, the I hopped into the slavery thing, because... He was so nonchalant about it. Yeah, you know, and like, like, <laughs> like I can understand that. It's just like the way that she moved into it yeah. that, like, yeah. I don't know, was really off-putting. Now, I I kind of like this whole thing about Sforsky's food yeah. and how they're continuing to have that cultural thing to honor her history. That I thought was kind of nice. It was a nice little moment. Uh, I don't get like a ton out of it, but it was a nice. Well, yeah, it definitely was. Certainly for continuity alone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we get to Penga talking about how even though they're guests from America. Uh, their family lived in San Francisco and visited the Chinese. This, we, we did this on the video. Like, I did not really like this that much. Yeah. yeah. It, it was kind of weird. Yeah. It was just, I mean, like, I... We I went to Dutch country, but you're, like... It, so it was just basically, like, them road tripping. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of get... Like, again, I get where they were going for here. That they were building up the melt that you... That in America, you can experience all cultures. Yeah. But I, again, it's leading to what you said. I win, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which I, I mean, I don't think they're obviously not going for something negative. I think that there is, I don't know. I guess it's just it's an odd feeling because it's also again, I, it's good to emphasize other cultures too. But it, again, is being like America doesn't have one. Like you don't have to go visit the Chinese to like have an American visit culture. The Chinese. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a racist grandpa not trying to be racist would say that. Yeah. Like in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, So Ava caught the ball and saved Corey. They went to a baseball game. Didn't need it. I thought Corey was a little funny. But but just like time sucker. Just time sucker. So we talk about Raffi's cousin plays for the Mets. Uh, So then this is when, when Riley starts putting things together. The statue is from France. Ukrainian bakery. Mets players are from all over the world. America's amazing. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't... Like, there is something to be said for that. There's definitely positives of the melting pot. Yeah. But it just... I don't know. <laughs> like you said before, yeah. in, in, I don't know if it was in the video, or... Yeah. It's not the only melting pot. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's just like... Like, I talked to my friends who are from, like, other countries about this, and we... I just feel like we don't need the, like... You can love America, and you can be happy that this exists in America, but I don't think we need all this, like... American propaganda in the media, like, just live it. <laughs> let, uh, like, let America, like, be what it wants to be. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, sometimes there are certain areas where, like, are, that are better than others in America that are, like, letting it happen and, like, letting the whole melting pot happen. Just, like, kind of be good people. Don't suck. Be excellent, <laughs> like, be excellent to each other. <laughs> sure. Well, just, just like if, if it just like actually happened, and we didn't need all this propaganda saying it's happening. Well, do you know what it's for? To keep the damn commies out. Any who's it? I'm not not a communist. <laughs> We're never leaving. Uh, <laughs> all right. So then we go to the cultural fair. I like that they had a set at the fair. They actually showed yeah, that. I liked it too. Yeah. Um, so, then we go to the Cambodia thing with Nigel's grandma, she tells a story about how it's hard to leave her country, now everybody out made the journey out, um, and she talks about how you live a good life in this country, it's, you yeah. know, and again, like, I understand, like, we do, compared to other places, uh, you know, a lot of other places, not all other places, but a lot of other places, we're, we have it very well off, 
And that's, you know, certainly a point to be made to remember to be thankful for where you, what you have. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I wish that they, you know. Yeah, it, it's just important to say that, like, it, it is good to understand, like, what you have and be thankful for it. It's also good to not settle for, oh, well, at least, like, no one's getting their head chopped off in the middle of the street. So, you know, we're good enough. <laughs> like, that that's our limit. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the time in the news in America we kind of compare ourselves to third world countries and like, oh, yeah. well, at least that's not happening. But we're not comparing ourselves to like other parts. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, the Western world's better yeah. or anything like that. But I am saying that like, but we don't compare ourselves to other first world countries. Kind of similar in, in, this respect, in this respect, similar culture to America, this whole melting pot idea, like how you guys keep yeah. saying we're not yeah. the only melting pot. We don't compare ourselves enough to them. We don't make our standards higher we just say at least we're not this right you compare yourself to the worst to make you feel like the best right exactly you know i could go play little league you know and be great at it now (laughs) but doesn't mean i'm a great baseball player (laughs) um okay so then we get to maya being proud that she's from ireland she likes the music and the poetry uh and then i like the joke about it's up and over there um because she didn't know where it was Uh, and right. so, then we again, we get more of the Fargo stuff. Fargo needs to talk about his stuff, but he won't. This was the um, one too many with the Fargo. Yeah. This was the, the setup that we didn't need because we had so much already. Yeah, I'm... yeah. and at this point, like, I, I still understand, but it is really affecting him at this yeah. particular point yeah. in the cultural festival. Yeah, so But maybe it's just because he just heard the story. Well, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to it in a second, but I do just want to say, I think that they don't do a great job of explaining like, why it's specific, like, why specifically it affects him the way it does. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, like, generally that idea could affect someone, but why is it, like, what is he feeling, like, specifically? Right. Other than just, I'm upset that I heard this. The story setting him off makes some sense because they're trying to pin it on him uh, hearing about having, being forced to leave a country, being forced to leave something behind, um, and connecting with that. Diaspora. Yeah. They should have made it more about diaspora. Yeah. I did like the PA system joke about get out of here. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Um, so then Maya does her presentation. She talks about how her family were fishermen, how it's a beautiful country, and the best part of being alive is the being feeling like you're a part of something. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting piece of it. because So this is, in a lot of ways, one of the like ending sentiments I feel like they're, they're aiming for. That's Maya's ending. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, I mean, it's, it's an interesting... Because you expect that... The, the, the main thing they want you to take away is usually near the climax. And like the, obviously there are two more, more important things that happen after yeah. this. But I did feel like this was one of the major points they wanted to leave you with, which I get the idea of the importance of community and connecting with something mm-hmm. larger than yourself. But I do think is probably the thing that connects the most to what you were railing against, Keith, as far as like... As an absolute... Yeah, I mean, it's great if that makes you feel better, and it has positives, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at which they, you know, they talk about a lot of that, and they don't talk about things that they could have talked about. But I think, in general, it's like, it's, you can't shame somebody for not connecting to their ethnicity, mm, yeah. you know? Mm. Uh, okay, Riley. Riley has her field trip. Um, so unnecessary. <laughs> so unnecessary. 
Um, so like, she, it, it makes her look crazy. Literally, if I was someone in that class and the girl at the front said field trip and made us all go into the middle of the hallway just to listen to her talk some more, Especially I would have thought she was weird and her crazy. Her prop had nothing to do with it other than that the Liberty uh, statue was in the background. Well, wasn't it something like the colors all come together? Like the she doesn't actually face. say that. It just says how we all come together. Yeah. Not the colors. That would have made a little more sense. <laughs> I don't know. It was odd. Uh, but she talks about it's uh, America's one big cultural fair. Like, what if she starts doing this, like, at workplaces? Like, <laughs> I want you all to see my pie charts, but let's go into the other room to do this. <laughs> I have a patron I want you all to meet. <laughs> America's one big cultural fair. Different, uh, cultural fail, I think I just said. <laughs> hey, America's one big cultural fail. <laughs> uh, I can see that. Uh, different communities, be- uh, becoming a part of them is as easy as stopping by to say hello that, I thought, was a kind of an odd sentence. I mean, like, I get where they're going for, but it, doesn't it also kind of, like, like, it's more than just, like, sticking your head in and, and checking it out right. to, like, become a That's part so of the community. That's so superficial, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, like it's that actually claiming sounds... ownership over all of the land before you, you know? Well, but doesn't, I mean, that, like, I don't know they're not going for this, but that kind of, to me, does smack of cultural appropriation, going, I'm going to check in on this, now I'm part of the community. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, because I live down the street from Chinatown, well, hey, I'm Asian now. Yeah, I mean, it's like, just because you, like, it's good to learn about the culture, it's good to sit down and actually listen to the Cambodian woman, yeah. but that doesn't make you part of her community. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I will say, I will compare this to, I think, that you would agree, Dan, that, like, in our schooling, you know, at the, even, like, the Hosmer School from, like, yeah. a very early level, we had a lot of exposure to different cultures. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, learning how to play dreidel and stuff like that, and I feel very lucky for having that so early in my life. Yeah. And and I, I loved learning about different cultures, but I don't think that makes me part, part of, of them. Part of them. You're not yeah. Jewish. No. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit actually. Oh, because you're a little there's, Polish. There's a little Polish on my grandma's side. <laughs> if well, you live in New York City, you live everywhere. Uh the great okay, this is the part that I was the most confused about. Corey goes, the great lady of New York is smiling. She holds a torch for all of us now. Like you and never ex- looking at you, kids. you never explained what you meant, but like what what you were actually saying about the Great Lady of New York. I I understand it because I understand the Statue of Liberty. I think it's really cheesy and needed a little more. But like, yeah, they never explained the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I mean, this wouldn't episode. this maybe be the point where he says those quotes from the poem for the poem? Probably. Where he talks about how. New At some York point, they probably should have, yeah. yeah like, and just the fact, in general, they don't talk about immigration yeah. a lot in this episode. Like, yeah. they do explain, like, escaping and being brought here. But, like, those are kind of negative. Well, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, not about, it's not about immigration. It's about diaspora, in particular. Well, but, it's, but I, I do feel like there is something missing where you are sort of leaving us off at the idea of America is the great place where you can escape here and feel welcome. Yeah. Where... I don't know that a lot of immigrants currently or people wanting feel to be immigrants way. would feel that way right now. Yeah, like, I have fr- a friend whose family, um, like, they make sure they don't leave the house without carrying their papers because yeah. they get stopped. Yeah. It doesn't sort of talk about how... And the, the follow-up thing to what they're saying is, and that's why we need to continue to be welcoming because we need to continue learning from each other and continuing letting other cultures fill New York and with... You know, and if we stop here, we're going to lose out and create more others. You know, like, It's not even the stop here thing. The stop here thing would be good if they said that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same old spiel that I've heard all my life. It's, it's a very school-friendly message. You know, America mm-hmm. the beautiful, you know. 
it's it's like okay yeah the the diversity brings us together which is a great message but it's so superficial and that it doesn't include the but there's a long way to go and we need to keep working towards this goal to make everything good you know yeah. like actual good yeah so we wrote down how long the actual Farkle sequence lasted. It's a minute and forty seconds. Yeah, um, it was, it's a pretty solid minute and forty seconds. But yes, I'm like it's like a big idea. That, yeah, that is everything. That's yeah. that's the punch right yeah. there. Um, so he talks about how his great grandfather was the only one left after World War II. He was adopted by a Christian. Uh, he was Jewish, and he doesn't. He, so Minkus isn't his real name. A allude to the Holocaust simply like it's by saying after World War II, everybody else was dead. Because he was Jewish. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> Say your... The, the one weird thing that bothers me is that in an episode that they use the word God and refer to God by they... Topanga looking up and talking to the ceiling. They say God? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah God, said... God wouldn't do this to us. Another yeah. Ava. Uh... Topanga says God wouldn't do it. And then at the end she's like, oh, just like, just can I die now or whatever. And she mm. looks up. And they, they go like, oh, and a Christian saved him, you know? The one specific thing they say about the There were these wonderful people, Christian rescuers, but, like, they the one, didn't bring up anything yeah. else about... The one specific term and name that they give when they don't say the word Holocaust, they don't say the word slavery... Or Nazis. Or Nazis. Or even, like, genocide. discrimination, yeah. genocide, Prejudice. diaspora. They say crisp, Christian... Save, Christian, save, Christian rescuers. rescuers. Yeah, Christian rescuers. That is to me is like on its own. Okay, that's a cool fact you could talk about. But and, and obviously, we don't want to act like Christian rescuers aren't really positive things. No, that we it just like, I get so worried when I see these Disney Channel things. Yeah, and like that is that is the one word that you use about this history. Yeah, it, 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 it seems me. like this is the one bit of like. Let's talk tri- about how great America is and how great Christians are. We wanna, on the same. Like, this level. is the yeah. bit of trivia that we actually want to get into specifics with, and. Yeah, because so we talked about before we started recording. I was like, that in some ways the the fact that they're so sort of like nonchalant. I don't know if nonchalant is the right word. That they're so sort of vague about the specifics of yeah. saying the Holocaust and stuff is kind of nice and artful because we know what the Holocaust is right. as viewers. They're not shoving it in our face. They're just they're talking about it as a yeah. human would. Like I wouldn't say, oh, he was part of the Holocaust. I'd say, oh my god, he was Jewish. During yeah. World War II. Like, I can't believe that. And, like, there's something artful about that. But that, and then... Except it's supposed to teach things to kids. Yeah. And then <laughs> that not all kids, especially if you're aiming at also yeah. at six-year-olds, they're not necessarily going to understand that. And it also... It, it leaves this door open where, are you doing it because it's artful? Or are you doing it because this is all you can do? Yeah. And it, it, like, there are... The fact that they tiptoed around slavery and they tiptoed around the Holocaust are positive things... But are you? If doing... that's the way they could do anything at all. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but are you? I, it really does leave me going. Oh, would Disney not allow the word genocide? Would they not allow the word slavery? And this is Michael's way of trying to get actually something of substance in mm-hmm. there. And you know, if it is, then I guess he's to be applauded to a certain degree. If there's this is the best he can do. Mm-hmm. But we don't really know what's him, what's Disney. All we know is like what kids are being given. And is now maybe a good time to talk more about Teacher's Bet? Yeah, I mean, we already kind of did, but, like, yeah. right off the bat, they mention all those things. You know, they talk about the Holocaust. They talk about Dyer of Anne Frank. You know, at the end, Corey goes, you know, a 15-year-old girl is dead. Yeah. You know, he stands up and he says that, you know. Yeah. Like, where is... He, they use the word WAP. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's almost different. Like, that is because he, you know, cho- chose that to teach Sean a lesson. Mm. 
Yeah, but um, I'm just. But you exactly. wouldn't. Yeah. You, you wouldn't, tried to yeah. teach the lesson. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, you wouldn't. That wouldn't have been allowed on Disney Channel. That would have been seen yeah. as too controversial. And you really, you watch that thing of Corey being a child. Like, we didn't really explain it for people who don't watch Boy Meets World. But Corey is uh, trades places with Mr. Feeney for a, for a week, and he has to teach uh, the Diary of Anne Frank and teach you about prejudice. And um, so he is a little kid teacher, and he actually learn something by having to be a teacher. Right. And he, as a teacher, as a child, does a far more potent and powerful job than he ever has as, a, as an adult. And yeah. it, it becomes personal to him when he sees that Eric's girlfriend, Linda, who is Japanese, uh, is cr- coming back to their house crying because she was call- called a racial slur uh, at the mall. Yeah, she's like, this happened at our mall today? This happened today? Because at the beginning he was and like, then, oh, there's discrimination way back when. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you, so you learn, you know, it shows the point of you learn why it's important to learn about history. So basically the lesson of the day is watch Teacher's Bet because it really goes to show what you can do in a one episode thing where you're trying to talk about real subjects and you just do it. Yeah. And where you're not afraid to like actually get into a subject and yeah. actually use the word prejudice and actually say this isn't just history. This is currently an issue. Yeah. On paper... Farkle's thing should be more powerful than that. And right. so may, maybe for some people it was. I'd be interested to hear that. But on paper it should be because he's a character we've watched for three years and he's dealing with it. Yeah. Uh, whereas, but I wonder if they whereas, would feel the same way if they watched Teacher's Bet. Well, that's the thing. So as opposed to Corey who is learning about something but not experiencing it personally. He's experiencing it by seeing, seeing someone yeah. in real life deal with it. But he's not like personally experiencing it. But I think I think the thing to me that's disconnecting about Farkle is we're not seeing him learn it. We're not seeing what, like, we're not really in his headspace for yeah. more than a minute. We just see him make crazy eyes every once in a while. Yeah, and, and they don't really get into, he explains what happened. He explains, I don't know my real family name and how, I can understand to a degree how that was. I wish he said those words. Well, he kind of did. No, he did, he? but I wish, I wish he said that and made it, like, about him, you know. Yeah. I wish that, you know, I don't know... Who My I family name. Yeah. I, I don't know who I am. I wish he had said that. Yeah. And I mean, and like, I wish, again, I, I, this is one of those things where I wish it happened like halfway through the episode. Yeah, and so it we was, can linger on Yeah, it. and then like you have, I mean, this is the thing. If you're going to make it about something as big as this, have Minkus tell him the story. Have mm-hmm. him react to it. Have him then have to confide in Smackle. Like, you know, like, have him, show him going on an emotional journey. Don't just show this mystery and then show it. Be them say, "Oh, we feel bad for you," and then it's over. Like it, show, don't tell. It's all. Yeah. I mean, there's a dangerous trend emerging in Girl Meets World where instead of showing something, I'm telling you this, and then we're gonna have a hug session. Yeah, and it, it's because I do think that like what he's going, like the idea of realizing that you don't even know your real last name, like, and that your family went through something awful, is is a poignant thing. I, I still personally wish it had been more of the Nazi thing. But because it, of him in because particular. Of, yeah, his actual character. And I also think it's, it would be more of a story I haven't seen as much, yeah. honestly. The idea of seeing it from the other point of view of, it was awful and my people did it, yeah. how do I live with myself? You can honor the victims yeah. from the story vantage of feeling the shame. Yeah. I, I don't know, I just think it would be a different take on it as opposed yeah. to... Because early. that shame is still very much alive. Yeah. So Riley hugs Farkle. Farkle says his story is about how lucky we are to live in a place that lets you come here so you can be whoever you are. 
this is the main point where this is like the thing we're leaving it on, and again, does not talk about current immigration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the Ava tag. It's just kill me right now, as Topanga says. Yeah. Um, yeah that's know. how we're gonna leave it off. <laughs> it's just it's so messed up. It's really bad. Just like even, like even without any other issues, it's just bad. Yes, bad. Like yep. I don't want to. I don't want to see Ava anymore. And I'm sorry. It's not like I'm not trying to be mean to the child actress. I'm sure she's a sweet little girl in real life. But I also don't care. I don't want to keep her on the show to make her feel good about herself yeah. when it's so annoying to be. And it's probably not even her fault. It's the adults' fault. Yeah. And well, she would pay the price for not being on the show anymore. Remember then this season set up that her character she'd have a character art this season and it had to do with her parents splitting yeah. up yeah what she happened did well Wait, what happened to that yeah exactly like, it also wasn't like haven't we now repeatedly had Topanga start to realize that Maya's that Ava's more than yes to her annoyances and that there's reasons behind it and now we're back to this could be like a season one plot line yeah you know yeah. like it's we're just treading water in this Sea of awful. Yeah. So speaking and, of continuity, yeah. one quick little semi-off-topic thing is, let's talk about the dating situation of supposedly Lucas and Riley. Yeah. Um, non-existent. No even hints of them. Do they even look at each other in this episode? I they mean, even, maybe. Did they share a single conversation? No. no. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> she went to IHOP and had a burger. That was it. Yeah. I mean, they don't. Yeah. I. Another thing that. Worked really well about Boy Meets World that that is a struggle here is the ability to have one-on-one conversations because you don't have 80 characters who need to be serviced. <laughs> because, you know, Amy and Alan are there to add. They're there to help. Yeah. They're not there to have their own thing this episode, yeah. you know, and they perform their well, their roles admirably, you know, like, and Eric is there just as a plot device and that's fine because the plot is interesting. <laughs> you know, like, every once in a while yeah. they get a little something yeah, that's like, good. Alright, so this would lead into mail time, but I'm about to reach the point of no return where if I don't leave Caitlin's house at this very moment, I will never never get home. So we are probably going to do a supplemental mail time podcast that's probably like less than half an hour, around a half an hour, later in the week. This Um, actually might be for the best, because if you release this first, then people potentially can, still... can reply to this and we can have a further discussion yeah, on this. Yeah, so if you want to send in your thoughts... Email us at gmwpodcast at gmail.com. That would be the best way to be a part of this episode. We already have a solid amount of mail time. And I am going to cap it. Like, we're not going to go over... Seven years. We're not gonna, I, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this is going to be a 45-minute one. So if we get a lot more mail time, I'm going to pick out pick and choose. Yeah. So uh, try to keep your emails short but full of life. Yes. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us at Twitter, GMW Podcast. Check out our YouTube videos, youtube.com slash C slash GMW Podcast. I think the C is for channel. Who knows? Uh, The C is for cool kids. Please rate us or review us on iTunes. We're sorry that we hate all other cultures. (laughs) Dream, try, do good, get out of here. Bye. Yeah, okay. Sorry, you said I'm just trying to